Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. Today, we have Jackie Mulligan on the show. Jackie is the founder of Reform Wellness, a Christ-centered wellness apostolate and functional health practice, serving men and women throughout the United States and the world. Jackie will be sharing her experiences in health and how we can develop a healthy sense of love, self-love, in order to serve others. Jackie, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Hi, Mary Grace. Thank you so much for having me. We're really excited to chat with you today because uh, this month of February is about kind of focusing on love and um, self-love is a very interesting topic. And so can you share with us a little bit about your story about how you came to kind of found Reform Wellness, which is a very unique thing, and kind of give us a picture of your, your experience? Sure. You know, I'm just uh, thinking as you say, um, the month of February and and connect it to love. It's also uh, the month of the Holy Family. And it's, uh, I think that we can learn the most about love from looking at the Holy Family uh, and the way that they centered their entire lives on Jesus and the simplicity of a Christ-centered lifestyle, which really does uh, encapsulate reform in, in in a nutshell. And so, Um, Very briefly, I started reform um, out of a deep desire to be healthy, uh, both in body and in soul. And in my own pursuit of healing some physical ailments, uh, namely Lyme's disease and and the symptoms that come with that, brain fog and fatigue and some gut dysbiosis, um, I was learning along the way that even though I was stewarding the health of my body uh, through nutrition and through stress management, that when I was pursuing health in the lens of the world, I was remaining really hungry. It was though I could always do more and achieve more. uh, And so because I had a lot of capabilities uh, as in, in the gifts that the Lord has Uh, entrusted to me, like many others. Um, In addition to healing, I felt this pressure to strive and to achieve because that's where I really laid my identity. And um, it was through the grace of God and adoration where I learned that my truest identity is a daughter of Christ and that the only place I was going to receive full healing and freedom was in him. And living from a place where he informs what health is and what relationships are. And so I created reform. Um, I believe it was entrusted to me from the Lord uh, as a way to redefine health as the whole person, your body and soul together. And we define health using a monstrance, uh, Mary Grace. And so Jesus is at the center uh, as he is in a monstrance. Um, and we have eight other pillars um, and we allow him at the center to inform all of them. So the way that we eat and the way that we sleep and our relationships, the way that we manage stress, our personal growth, our community, all of these things, even being childlike and, and playful, the Lord informs. And so we have to first root ourselves in our, our truest identity um, and be in the world, not of it, um, but really center all aspects of our lives on him. And so once I was able to do this, I understood that to be well, Jesus absolutely had to be central in my life and, and in everything. He wanted 
to be at the center of everything. And it was me who was keeping him out of certain aspects of my life. Um, honestly, I didn't know he wanted to be there. I didn't even really know what to do with him in certain aspects of my life. Um, but then I, I felt such a deep peace, a peace that I could only know from, from, from the Lord and only a peace that he can provide uh, to us. And so I knew that as I was starting my own health practice, that for others to be well and for me to truly help people beyond um, maybe aesthetic or, or uh, surface level to really go deep to uh, the roots of our, our healing, um, that I needed to extend the same invitation to invite the Lord um, into our hearts and our homes and our healing uh, like I did. I love how you said that you didn't know he wanted to be, he, you wanted him to be there or excuse me, he wanted to be there with you. And I think that is a very uh, important aspect of our culture. So looking at our culture and health, how do you, other than the fact that, you know, it's Christ centered, like, can you give me specifics on how that looks different from, let's say, okay, you have your physical workout regime. You have all these things that you done, done, done checklist where, how did, how do you incorporate God into that the physical illness and then the spiritual illness? Well, Jesus is our why. So instead of um, solely approaching our health as um, a means to lose weight or uh, to reduce inflammation uh, or to heal uh, a certain um, symptom, whether it be fatigue or um yeah, any sort of discomfort. I'm trying to think of some of the more common ones, even just overwhelm uh in, in general. Um when Jesus is our our why, uh, it's the one thing that doesn't change. So it really gives us real deep meaning uh, for sustainable change, uh, change that can only happen with him. When it is more fleeting and temporary, it's very easy for us to throw in the towel or to justify why we're no longer committed to X, Y, and Z. And when he is the, the, the focal point um, and our gaze is, is toward him, there's nothing more meaningful than wanting to nourish your body because of its gift from the Lord and because uh, it was entrusted to us and um, because we want to experience the fullness of life um, that is available to all of us, though sometimes we don't choose it. We choose it. Uh, we choose the freedom that is temporary, the, fle- the, the freedom that might be um given to us uh, in a way that is instant. Um, and, and I think that we live in a culture, Mary Grace, where instant gratification is what we we chase, the, the shiny toy, if you will. Um, but things that are deeply meaningful and rooted in the Lord, sometimes they take time and um, they take sacrifice. Uh, and it's not always easy, though I will say, and maybe this can connect us back to the Holy Family, it is simple. And I think this call to simplicity as a, a, a way of life that is rooted in the Lord is a simple life. It is not one that is um, fast-paced or chaotic um, or overwhelming. Uh, I think the modern world has uh, really changed um, the pace that we were intended to live in. And I do think it's our duty to return to a a pace of life um, that really mirrors a a heavenly pace, if you will. What would you say to someone who is caught up in this idea of, I can't, I can't do it all, you know, especially when it does come down to your spiritual and your, what would you say to those people who I don't have the time, 
I don't know how to even combine the two. Where do I begin? Yeah, you don't have to uh, do anything uh, except for invite the Lord in because he wants to do it. I think this is a beautiful opportunity to look at Our Lady. You know, she said in her fiat, let it be done. She didn't say, I will force it to be done or I will make it be done. I will control it to be done. She created space in her life to be a vessel of grace so that the Lord can do it for her and through her and with her. And so I think the first step is letting the Lord know that you desire for him to be in your life, for you for you to have more space for him. Um, and so it is certainly a two-person job, right, Mary Grace? It's not just uh, all us and it's not just solely the Lord. It's, it's us together. Uh, and we have free will to invite him in or not. But I really wholeheartedly believe and have seen it now thousands of times that when we give our yes to the Lord and, and we invite him into our healing, he will lead the way. Uh, it might be uncomfortable. It might uh, take a little bit uh, of a different path uh, or a different pace, sometimes faster than we're ready for, sometimes slower than we desire. But certainly, um, if we give him an inch of our day, he will be a part of it. And have you noticed this is, you know, even giving just a little bit, you know, opening up our, our hearts to that? Have you noticed how? individuals who come through reform and how they can be better at serve their families and their homes. Have you, how do you, how do you notice that with, with this idea of allowing our Lord in and then letting him take, you know, and start your, your process of wellness? Yeah. I have seen it countless times. Um, there is, um, often this temptation to believe that, um, People can't afford it, whether it be investment of resources or time, uh, or that it feels selfish to take this time to, to um, take care of oneself. And we often invite, I mean, a majority of the people who come through reform are mothers, and we are so grateful for their vocation, for their yes, uh, and for their deep desire to not only give of themselves to their families, but also back to the Lord. I mean, it's just, a, it's a beautiful witness that we get to, to experience every day. And when there is um, a desire to pursue Christ-centered wellness and to really take care of uh, the whole person, it's really a ripple effect. We see it um, beautifully affect the whole family, where when um, I'll use the, the mother or father, because we see both come through reform, uh, take the time to prioritize prayer. It's a witness to the family when there is a prioritization of sleep and less uh, technology and uh, addiction to stress uh, and a deep surrender to the Lord. There's a greater capacity to serve. And I think that's really the thing that we need to pay attention to is do I have the capacity to show up in my vocation that has been entrusted to me, to the people that have been entrusted to me? And I think we have to really look at that. And that's what we help uh, do at Reform is really um, observe and take deep awareness uh, without judgment, that's not our job, um, of the state of our bodies and our soul. And, you know, are we living in a way that is pursuing health? Are we stewarding our families uh, and living our lives day to day in a way that pursues both as well? And so we have seen um, with deeper yeses, uh, with a a commitment to uh, reform in the Lord, we've seen the Lord do tremendous things. And I think our, um, our favorite thing to see 
is families return to observing the Sabbath. Uh, somehow along the line, the Sabbath has become optional. Uh, we often remind people it's a commandment. Uh, it's not a, merely a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we see families sit down together, define what the Sabbath will look like, you know, maybe committing to a certain mass time that they're, they'll go to, um, committing to a family day, a day that maybe doesn't have technology or outside commitments or, or even sports um, or spending money, but really returning to a, a form of simplicity that we know that the whole family craves. They're not really craving being tethered to their to their phones or electronics or um, or outside sources. What they're really craving is, is real communion, first with the Lord and, and then with one another. Um, so we've seen so many beautiful reformations within families. Uh, and, and these are just a few examples of, of what might be possible with, uh, with a yes of a parent or the leader of a family. Yeah, that's great. And you said you talked about just the idea of giving, you know, to your family. And then we're the month of February is love month with all the Valentine's Day. But actually tomorrow with when this podcast will be posted is Ash Wednesday. So how Mm -hmm. does looking at sacrifice and looking at, you know, how we view our roles in our families and, and, and personally, as we take on, you know, Lent and, and, and penance and sacrifice, how does that play a role in health? Cause I think some people, you know, would assume, okay, well, when you're taking things away, that's kind of a negative, but how, how could that play a, actually a very important role in your spiritual and physical wellness? Well, I think the season of Lent really invites us to embrace, uh, love, uh, who is Christ uh, in a way that is different than the rest of the year. Um, Catherine Doherty has a really uh, wonderful quote that I'll share. She says, there are ways of being crucified that do not involve rough wood or heavy nails, but a love beyond our capacity to love, which means a love that has been given to us by God. And I think that this is so beautiful to reflect on because sometimes we can approach Lent in this way that feels like, okay, well, I, it, maybe it does feel like rough nails and, and, uh, and, and our own, um, uh, our own heavy lifting. But really, I think that what we could first look at are, you know, what are the quote unquote loves that we've placed in our lives that have, um, replaced the greatest love of our of our hearts, um, and what lesser loves can we remove or cut back on, uh, in order to have uh, a greater um, capacity to give time, attention, uh, service, presence to uh, love Himself to to the Lord. Um, and I think that there is such a, a desire deep down for all of us to have this connection um, to to love and um, and to really understand the meaning. And so it's it's really something where we're giving things up or taking things on to have a greater intimacy with the Lord. Like that's what this is all about. And so uh, just to really uh, change our lens there, but to know that health can be a, a way um, to do that. And and I think that as you're maybe discerning what to do during this Lent, um, considering the lesser loves uh, or, or how you want to increase your love. So if it is uh, maybe it's it's committing to a certain amount of time in prayer every single day to increase your love of the of the Lord. Maybe it's returning to the sacraments uh, more frequently, going to confession, um, going to mass more often, um, 
or maybe it's less Mary Grace. Maybe it's uh, looking at the things that actually pull you away from Christ, pull you away from uh, your health, your physical health, um, whether it be, you know, scrolling Instagram before bed. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, over consuming alcohol or, or sugar. Um, maybe it's not moving your, your body and committing to um, a little bit more in the sense of love, uh, in, in, in loving the gift of, um, in, of your body and, and, and the freedom of, of um, our health that we were intended to embrace in a rightly ordered way. And I think when we have love, the Lord at the center, we're able to do that more freely uh, in a way that is not a punishment, but a way that is um, out of love for love. And you said rightly ordered. Can you give us an example of how you can rightly order, you know, your spiritual health and then your physical health? Because I think we can fall into the trap of putting one over the other. And we are a whole person. We have body and soul. So how can you rightly order those things? We are a whole person. And I think that we often in the world pursue physical health and think we have some time before we have to worry about the the spiritual health. I would invite uh, our listeners to flip that over and pursue the spiritual well-being because when we have the Lord central uh, in our minds and our hearts, we will pursue our physical health in a way um, where it is for His glory, and that is going to help us to have a healthy approach to it where we're not moving our bodies um, because we want to be a certain weight or to have a certain body composition, but because we want to glorify Him in the way that we move and because we want to have a, a healthy body that is free to, to functionally move in the world. Um, it's not out of punishment uh, and it's it's not out of guilt. Um, it's not out of striving to be seen um, in a particular way. And so I think that we have to start with our, our spiritual. We have to root ourselves in, in uh, our, our truest identity because that really does inform all the rest of the aspects of our, our physical well-being. That's yes. And, and it builds that virtue too, which also requires you need virtue to record to be able to build that physical aspect as well. And um, how would you say, this is kind of a different route for questions, but how would you say, um, let's say our imperfections and our insecurities, how would, with our health, you know, even with spiritual life, how would you say that affects our relationships with our loved ones? Well, sometimes people can fall into um, this false idea that somebody else is responsible uh, for their happiness um, or is, they are somebody else's uh, happiness or uh, or God. You know, we can put people on a really high pedestal or take a false sense of responsibility. Um, I think it's really beautiful to journey with people as they carry their crosses or ask, uh, ask people to, to help you carry yours, um, but not to expect others to take it away from you uh, or for you to try to carry others. And so we have to have a, a, a healthy relationship with the Lord so that he can be the Lord for us and that we're not trying to play God or save other people and that we're not expecting that so that our relationships really can, again, not to overuse this word, but be rightly ordered. Uh, and I, I think that we need that. Um, also, the Lord teaches us how to live in relationship. And, um, there's a certain level of intimacy that we have and, and, um, and experience with him. And then we get to borrow his virtue and extend it to other people. Um, and, and I think we learned this, this love, this patience, uh, this charity, um, in such a beautiful way, um, 
that we get to live out our faith as an extension of the love's uh, of the of the Lord's love, and um, and not expect other people to um, to play Him in, in any way. I want to circle back to what you had said a little earlier about you know living in the world and not of the world. How do you express that? Let's say with reform, with you know that balance. I think if I understand the question correctly, um, when we know who we are in the Lord, we're able to use our God-given gifts, talents, charisms uh, in a way that really glorifies him. Uh, and so, uh, as I, I said, even in relationship, as we borrow his virtue and live out these virtues, um, whether it be um, through the intercession of Our Lady uh, or any of the saints uh, as our example, uh, in an effort to grow closer to the Lord uh, and, and to uh, radiate his light uh, in the world, um, I think that we have the freedom and 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 we are called to be in the world as long as we are um going back to to the center and and I think that that's where we we don't want to sh- go into the world striving to please the world that that's what kind of gets us I think sick and um tired and stressed and 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 looking for and hungry really hungry for acceptance in a place where um we're not going to find it and so I think our our focal point and our gaze always has to remain on the Lord but he certainly wants us out uh in 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 the world um most of us, I should say, uh, and uh, and sharing um, and in this communion uh, in a way that uh, that he has entrusted to each of us uniquely. And if you were to give, let's say, like three, you know, pieces of advice for uh, for parents, let's say, to help them to establish, you know, a good wellness um, with their family, spiritually and physically, what what three pieces of advice? What three aspects would you encourage them? I would start with prayer, having a uh, a prayer time uh, each day uh, together. Um, certainly, uh, uh, solely on their on their own, if if possible. But even if it's just um, a, you know a prayer before dinner, um, a, a prayer before bed. Um, as often as a family can come together in prayer, um, the better. Uh, I'd. This might be a big ask, but as often as possible, praying the Holy Rosary together, I, I, there's there's not a more powerful way to um, to unite together uh, and and consecrate a family to the Lord than than through the Holy Rosary. Uh, I will also say observing the Sabbath, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we have seen physical and spiritual healing in ways um, that have been just unfathomable and and so beautiful through really observing the Sabbath, taking a rest day, uh, physically resting in the Lord, spiritually resting in the Lord, but coming back to the center together as a family and defining what that looks like. Um, I think the last one would be uh, implementing a family formation where there are specific times throughout the day and the week where you shut down as a family. So there's a a time where the household unplugs. There's a time where the household sits down for meals. Um, Some bit of order and consistency uh, that reminds us 
First, that gives us a, a, a consistency uh, of order throughout the family and throughout the day. Um, but also that brings us back together and to the Lord. And so I think that this is something that families crave, uh, that children certainly crave, um, that there is some sort of order in the in the chaos, uh, in the unknown, but that at home there is um, a predictability, uh, one that is safe, one that is, is centered in the Lord, and one where there is time uh, and capacity to to be seen, known, heard, um, and, and resting in him. And those three things you had, you said the prayer, observing the Sabbath, and then that kind of formation time, those three things really do help fill your cup with, I mean, individually, you know, as a a single person, but then as your, as your whole family, um, that's, that's really important and to be able to give and serve others. So I think even just what, just one note there, I was just going to say, I think that even just having this formation where even if you're sitting down to eat dinner at the same time each day or some sort of consistency, there's space where you're nourishing, you're nourishing your body through what you're eating, you're nourishing uh, your souls through through the prayer, uh, maybe prayer after the meal, and, and your hearts through conversation and connection. I mean, what we're really doing is coming back to the center when we have this formation and when we have some sort of consistency in our days um, where we can, again, come back to the center. And this is something that we all crave, um, that this is often where why we reach elsewhere to our phones or to outside um, uh, sources, uh, if you will, what, because we're, we're craving uh, connection. And I think that this is, is something that families have a very beautiful opportunity to do at home. It's beautiful. And do you, would you mind explaining to us what you do at Reform Wellness and then how we can find you and your website? Sure. So our website is reformwellness.co, C-O. We offer online courses, uh, workshops, webinars, uh, retreats, um, and help people redefine health as the body and the soul together through the framework of our nine wellness pillars uh, that are all centered in in Christ. And so um, we have uh, actually starting um, this week, um, our Lenten Reform Online course, where you'll journey together uh, for 12 weeks um, through all the pillars. And um, we hope enter into a new way of life uh, this Easter. And so we would love for for uh, anyone to, to join us. Um, uh, it would, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that we see countless families um, experience a lot of grace through. Oh, that's awesome. That's, you're doing great work, Jackie. Thank you so much for being on our show. Of course. Thank you for having me, Mary Grace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Podcast. In 2024, we want to reach as many people as possible. You can help by sharing this episode with a friend, subscribing to the podcast, or leaving a review. To learn more, visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.